Addy P. Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, and I'm joined in the So Shack tonight by my partner in crime, Adam Markham. Addy, how are you, home? Doing good, Josh. We got football back, baby! It's back, and what a week it was. I mean, one of the mm. better week ones I can remember. Started off with a banger on Thursday Night Football. Dax throwing like 700 times. And then we had like a wild Mark Sessler fever dream last night with Monday Night Football. We got the Manning mega cast going on in like a wild ass overtime game. Hey, and the stuff in between was pretty darn good too. Now, wasn't it? You're uh, both our teams lost. Sure, uh, they're not so, really my team anymore. I'm yeah. are you out? <laughs> I think so. Which team? Well, you jumped to the Titans there for a while, and uh, boy, did That's they right. look bad. That was that was tightening up for uh, for a month or two there, wasn't I? Yeah, you was. How'd that work out? Well, you know, I still want to get down there to Old Nashville. Yeah, that would be good. That Chiefs game that we had talked about maybe doing a, like, you know, a part two of, the tickets uh, were about $450 for the cheapest, worst seats imaginable. Yeah, they're crazy. I think I may be able to get us some $200 tickets. Ooh, now, probably not okay. that Chiefs game, but a, a, a decent one. I could have gotten the I could have gotten tickets for this past weekend to see the Arizona Cardinals. Just to see them stomp all over the uh, Tennessee Titans? That would have made me happy deep down in my soul. That would have been good. Would have been a little upset about Zayvon Collins not getting snaps. We'll get yeah, to it. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We're going to look at the rookie snap counts tonight. Boy, it's good to have it back, ain't it now, Josh? Well, just to stop all the projecting and just, like, yeah. predicting. Ro- Robert May said this today. He's like, I'm so glad to have stuff to just react to and yes, talk about. exactly, The man. pressure of predicting. Is off. Yeah, that's. I was, we talked about this plenty. Of it. I mean, over the summer, it was like, God, season, get here, please. I am so tired of reading the dumb tweets from everyone. Yes. And then just, yeah, it's just, you know, you get to a point where it's like, we've said so much. So much. About we, the same guys. And we're saying the same stuff. Like, we still like the same guys. You it's know? not changed, really. Yeah. So. Even when training camp and preseason starts, it's really only confirming what we believed. Yeah, but Addy, there were some there were some early victories. We don't we don't take victory laps in week one often because your car careens off the course in week two and you end up in a smoldering pile of debris. Mm-hmm. But some positive trends coming out yeah. of week one. We'll talk about some of the rookies, but um, you know it's always fun. Like these teams in the NFL, they want to try to steal a win week one. It's nice to get some wins under your belt. You know, both in terms of your fantasy teams and some of the predictions and takes that you had in the offseason. Yeah, I got my heart broke last night in my uh, my big money league. My, Did you? you? Know, the one that has the biggest payout. Yeah, Darren Waller. Oh, you got wall- wallerized? Dude, I, yeah, I was up 25. I ended up losing my, like, 0.3. Wow. I could kill Russell Gage, side note. Could Did he kill do, him. Did he do anything? Zero. Zero. Wow. That Falcons offense looked boy. That's mucho a bad football bad, team. Though. It really is. It's a bad ball team. I was thinking, you know, I don't know who it was that said it. But like, we're, it's really hard. I think it was Greg Rosenthal said it's very hard to predict the worst team in the NFL. Typically, it's not the team that you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. What if it's the Falcons? Yeah, I mean, we. I think I thought it was going to be the Texans and the yes. Lions. Yes, Lions may Jets, still be the case. Jags in there probably, maybe. Yeah, right. They're in the mix, but man. The Falcons look bad. They look bad. That now, line looked terrible. I mean, yeah. I, maybe the, are the Eagles just that good? or? Should... I think the Eagles will be up and down. I was thinking about this today, listening to the mailbag episode of the Athletic Football Show, which, shout out, your boy made the mailbag episode. Let's go. It's called in, got my voicemail on there. It's a nice little treat. But they were talking about the Eagles because, you know, they he said it very well. Like, 
the questions come in clusters. So it's either the fan bases that are freaking out or the fan bases that, like a groundhog, are poking their head up and saying, we might be good. Hold on. Mm-hmm. How should I feel about this? Yeah. And the Eagles were in that latter group of like, what should we, should we like open up our hearts to this team? I don't think they're going to be like a frisky playoff team. But what I do think they will have is a definitive answer on Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. by the end of the season. I've always been a Jalen Hurts fan. I think he's good. He just strikes me as one of those types of guys I wouldn't want to bet against, mainly because of the intangibles. He just seems like a guy that is hardwired to persevere in the face of anxiety. I know that's not looking at the metrics, but man, he looked good. He looked good. But yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe we don't need to put too much talk into it because it is Atlanta and they are garbage, but... We knew uh, that defense was going to be bad. We didn't know that offense was going to be so putrid. Right. Yeah, I know. Um, Devontae Smith looked great. He did. No, Bobby was beaming about that. Grinning like a Cheshire kit. Even Kenny Gainwell. Yep. The real Kenny G. Real Kenny G. Looked pretty good. Miles Sanders looks looking strong. So that's a that's a fun team. And then the defense. I mean, we, it is aging, but they were solid. They were you know getting some pressures on Matt Ryan all game long. Speaking of which, you know, Bobby planted a flag with Josh Sweat on the double-digit sacks, led all Philadelphia Eagles in snap percentage uh, as far as, like, the defensive line. Right, yeah. So They definitely have a rotation there. I they think, do. I think it is a rotation. Sweat got maybe, like, 40 snaps. Something percent, yeah. We want to see – we still want that to tick up, but I think it will. I think he's the most talented guy. Yeah, it's – and that's why I liked Bobby going with the – prediction of 10 sacks rather than or double digit sacks rather than this guy is going to finish as a top 12 top six defensive end because I just don't think the snaps are going to be there but uh, I actually had John pull the snaps uh, for me on Josh Sweat just because I was curious that was one of the big swings I thought okay what what are we looking at here with Josh Sweat because it was like it's all about snaps that's really what it comes down to he didn't have the opportunity had 39 snaps. Brandon Graham was second with 35. Ryan Kerrigan had 34. And Derek Barnett had 32. Mm. So truly a four-way rotation there. Um, so is are, are any of those guys going to be consistent week to week for fantasy? No. But for real NFL purposes, that's a nice little defensive front. And maybe eventually, you know, it might take an injury. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Sweat has the most upside of that group still, in my opinion. So Well, there's a reason he went from like a 30%, 32% snap share to now leading the pack. Yeah. Right? So let's talk about it, Addy. We're going to hit some injury news. We're going to hit a rookie snap share watch. And then after the break, we are going to do legit or quit, looking at some of the surprise top scorers at defensive line, linebacker and DB to say – is they legit, or do you need to quit believing the hype, Addy? We need to get the too legit uh, to quit, you know, dropping here. Let me let me pull that up right quick. Yes, and sir. You got that cleared? I got I'll add it in post. All right, I've good. talked to the too legit or quit lawyers, and they've given me <laughs> the green light to use that song. Now, we can't monetize this one, but that's all right. It's already monetized, Daddy. We're making money every second that oh, we speak. Oh, baby. We're going to get sued. <laughs> We have been canceled by the too legit to quit, folks. <laughs> well, that's it. Let's start with some bummer news, and then we'll talk about uh, some rookie outlooks after week one. It wasn't like the worst, most apocalyptic week one in terms of injuries, but definitely some names, some notable names here, some of which are going to be missing the season. 
Lions cornerback Jeff Okuda, torn Achilles, season is over. Jason Verrett, torn ACL, season over. And LaMarcus Joyner tore a tendon, his season is over as well. You hate to see this for the 49ers, Addy. That cornerback group was already very thin, and now losing Jason Verrett, who is just one of those snake-bit injury guys Gosh, for the season to a torn ACL, that really hurts. Yeah, it's every year with Verrett, it seems. Yeah, and then Jeff Okuda, that's a bummer as well. We wanted to see, could he rebound in did his you, second season? Did you see him getting chewed out on the sidelines by his coach? Did he, was it Campbell? Uh, or no, no, his it was, position coach. Yeah, one of his, yeah. Defensive back coach, I believe. But um, was he getting that butt chewed? He was. He wasn't playing well. So, mm. so, so he didn't have a chance to redeem himself. <laughs> he have, yeah, he doesn't have a chance to uh, make his coach proud. Twenty twenty two, though, he's coming strong. That's right. Prove you wrong, coach. This was another one notable for IDP. Marcus Davenport had a pec injury that's going to sideline him for multiple weeks. Uh, Blake Cashman and Jamie and Sherwood are also out multiple weeks. Sean Murphy Bunting, the quarterback for the cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is on IR for multiple weeks with an elbow injury. So that was the extent of the IDP injuries. The Marcus Davenport one after a preseason of hype addies, a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, that was someone that early on we were kind of like sick of, you know. But- I traded him to John for a fifth, and now I'm like, because I was just sick of him. Truly, I was just like, this guy is never going to live up to his potential. He wasn't potential. looking good on the gram. No. We remember it. We went over it. You, you sold me. After carb face picture surfaced, I was like, I'm done with this dude, man. He, yeah, he, uh, listen, folks. He didn't look good on the gram. I'll say that. He looked like he, you know, he was a new dad. He just looked, he wasn't toned the way I wanted him to be. He looked like we feel. Yeah, right. Which is just flabby and just lethargic and yep. puffy. Just yep. all the time. Just worn down. Worn down. He looked like a man who was at his wits end. Sure. But uh man, he looked great. He looked great in the preseason. He I did. Mean, look, you know, started off with the bang. He got himself a sack this week, put up I think 17 points and big three scoring. So um Maybe was, you know, this might have been his, seemed like it was going to be his year, but of course, Injury. injuries, which has been his thing. Yep, that's that's the story of Marcus Davenport thus far. And a um, couple offensive injuries here to mention. Some real bummers, more bummers on the offensive side. Raheem Mostert, torn knee cartilage, season over. He announced that today. Mm. That's a real bummer. Uh, Makai Becton, out four to six weeks with a knee injury. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the beard. Hip injury, IR, out multiple weeks. And then Jerry Judy, somehow, I didn't see this injury, but I heard it was, like, really gross and seemed way worse than right. it actually was. High ankle sprain, out four to six weeks. Yeah, thank God. That thank- looked, I, Just from what I heard, it sounded season-ending. It looked bad, yeah. I mean, he got carted off. It seemed, yeah, everything on Twitter seemed like he was, you know, for, like, ten minutes there, it seemed like he was done. Yep. But, um yeah, he'll, he'll be back. Tim Patrick should should benefit greatly. K.J. Hamler should benefit greatly. That Broncos offense looked kind of frisky. Teddy B looked pretty good. Yeah. He, I saw uh, there was a cool little clip going around of Von Miller saying, you know, um, that they haven't felt that in, in a while Ooh. at the quarterback position, what Teddy was bringing. So, yeah. Um, he was scrambling, making throws on the run. Fangio's going for it on fourth down. Von Miller balled out, by the way. He looked He's great. all the way back. He looked great. That was awesome to see. I didn't start him this week. I picked him up off waivers in our main league, and I was like, I just want to see it. And now I'm like, okay, I synced it. <laughs> yeah. I should have put him in. should have yeah. believed in old Vaughn. Yeah, I mean, probably, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a 15-sack season coming. Yep, he's a great flex, especially, again, uh, positional designation kind of bangs him because he's a linebacker. But where we've evened out sacks, the mm-hmm. sack scoring in our main league now, 
all IDP positions Matt. are scored the same on sacks, it really helps those um, bump those edge guys that are designated as a linebacker. Yeah, Denver's one of those teams that can definitely be carried by that defense. I mean, that's, that's yes. one of the best defenses they've had in a long time there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the Giants' offense is anything to write home about. Right, But they, they neutered that team, and yeah. Daniel Jones especially, just doing damn Daniel things. Yeah. All over the field. Yeah, that dude is not good. He's not good. I think the Giants are going to be in the quarterback hunt by the end of the season. Um, and I will say, I was excited for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think Taylor Heineke is a big downgrade. Um, the the Around the NFL podcast, they had Nick Shook on to cover this game, and he was saying, yeah, if you watched it, like Heineke came in and kind of gave this team a spark. So, you know, we saw, because he was the guy in the, playoff game against the Bucks, right? Yes. So, I think he's fine. I, I would have liked to have seen Fitzpatrick get a full season. I'm just glad his his injury wasn't season ending. Sounded yeah. like a pretty is there was a there was a doctor on Twitter I, I saw who said this is exactly the same kind of injury that Tua suffered on his hip injury. Really? Yes. I mean, that was a That was a He was done. He was done for for the year. I mean, and, there's a good chance that could happen. Fitzpatrick, yeah. I mean, he's he's no spring chicken. 38, I yeah. think. So that could take a little bit of time. 22 year old Tua, you know, tongue of Iloa. So, and Tua was really out for like two years because you see the mm-hmm. stories leaking out. Last year, he was never quite right, yeah. didn't have the confidence. So I hope Fitzpatrick gets back. But hey, we get to watch uh, Taylor Heineke versus Damn Daniel Jones on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> oh, boy. How blessed are we? Thank God, thank God that Washington football team defense is actually fun to watch yeah that'll be chase young getting after daniel jones that's gonna be fun montez Montez sweat yeah it's gonna be good so let's talk about some rookie snaps here addy for the most part i feel like this is around what we expected there were some surprises you mentioned uh zavin collins was really the worst of the bunch i did see some speculation i think it might have been trip or justin varnes on twitter saying we need to see if this was the Cardinals rolling out Jordan Hicks in anticipation of slowing down Derrick Henry. This may have truly been a game plan thing where they thought Hicks gave them the best chance to match up with Henry. I don't know if that's the case, but we need to see week two. Mm -hmm. If this continues and Hicks is back out there, I don't know what's going on because everything we saw in the preseason from the coaching staff and the GM told me that this was going to be Simmons and Collins, and it wasn't. Maybe maybe it was their way of punishment for the uh, the speeding ticket. Maybe. <laughs> Here was another thought, too. Maybe they're showcasing Jordan Hicks. Come yeah, get this guy. Sure. Yeah. Come trade for this guy. You know, there's some teams out there that could definitely use some linebacking help. So, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. He still wasn't that great for IDP. He had a fine game, but nothing spectacular. But let's hit some of these snap shares here. So Micah Parsons, 78%. Nick Bolton, 76. Quiddy Pay, love to see this, 76. We knew he was going to be out there quite a bit. Jamin Davis, my flag plant, this is about what I expected. 56% of snaps. I think you'll slowly start to see this tick up as the season goes along. Cole Holcomb was the lead guy there. Odafe Owe, how about this? 56% for Odafe Owe. Got him a sack too. Love to see that. That dude looked awesome. Aziz Ojolari, 52 Gregory Russo, 51. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, 40. Zayvon Collins down at 36. This was also surprising. Jalen Phillips at mm-hmm. 29%. I'm not surprised by Joe Tryon Shoyinka getting 25%. Richie Grant getting 8. We mentioned 
in the context of dynasty rankings that he was a big pickup because we do like his potential long term. But there were some people, I think, you know, it might have been Tripp or somebody else saying, hey, reports out of camp. This guy is running with the threes right now, so we need to pay attention to this. Yeah, it is a little frustrating because, you know, what's in front of him is like Dwayne Harmon and and, um, Eric Harris, I think. Those are just, you know, solid vets. Yeah. They're just going to be patient with him. There's no – I mean, we that team is bad. There's no sense in rushing him in right now. But, yeah, I would expect his play to uptick second half of the year. Um, maybe be useful for you, you know, at that point. But until then, yeah. So we had a Hitchens injury, I believe, that got Nick Bolton on the field for 76% of the snaps. Uh, We know Willie Gay's on short-term IR, so that's the reason you see Bolton here, even though it seemed to be trending in Willie Gay's direction. Any of these guys, I think we can be encouraged definitely by, like, uh, some of these edge rushers. Quiddy Pay getting... You know, 76%, Odafe Owe, 56 Ojalari 52 Russo, 51 Is there anyone that you're concerned looking at these week one snaps? Uh, you know, not really. I mean, I'm really encouraged for the most part. I mean, I think Jamin Davis, not worried about him. He's going to he's gonna take over that, uh, that second job um, next to Holcomb. Uh David Collins, I mean, that's a little bit of a That's concern. the one that is a little bit red flag to me because it's so contrary to everything we heard. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything we saw on the field. Yeah. You know, it would have been like if Micah Parsons suddenly got 35% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Parsons was out there leading the charge in every preseason game, you know? And so, I don't know, man. That's the one. Was this game plan specific? Were they trying to showcase Hicks for a possible trade? I hope that was the answer. Yeah, and I mean, also they they got up really big, you know, and still didn't really give him tons of snaps. So yeah, um, that'll change though. That he'll 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 get his opportunity. Just don't start him yet. You know, we got to wait until we can. Once we see about seventy to eighty percent of the snaps, then we're fine. Yeah, Johnny had a good. You know, he has a good philosophy when it comes to week one. He's like, just play it safe. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. I had him in a lineup or two, but, you know, those were also leagues that I, that I was thin in. He's out of those lineups now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you I, had him in, take him out. Yeah. I expect he'll be back in there before too long, though, yeah. folks. Don't get too scared. Don't trade him away. Yeah. Good time to go maybe send an offer or someone. Absolutely. Spooked, you know? Yeah, a lot of lot of good IDP assets that you can be making some lowball offers on right now. Nick Bolton was honestly the most surprising, just seeing him get this shot early on. Because also, remember how hesitant they were to put Willie Gay yes. on the field. Um, and Nick Bolton, no reservations there. Absolutely none. Go pick him up if he's out there on yep. your waivers. Um, let's talk about Addy. You were putting out some banging ass tweets today in terms of, you know, who was playing in the box, who was, you know, getting, um, you know, uh, pressures. I mean, so hit us with some of these juicy nugs you were dropping, like Popeyes. I tried the Popeye's Nugs, by the way. Were they better than Chick? I had a stopped up nose, so I really mm. couldn't. T- I got them, and I was like, "Damn it! Why did I do this? Now I c- I'm not even gonna be able to taste these." Yeah, you have to go back. I have to go back. That's just maybe that's what it was. I just wanted to go twice yeah. in a short span yeah. of time. We see through you. So hit us with the Nugs, there, Popeye's. Okay, so um, obviously we we are always interested in what safeties are playing box snaps. So um, the safeties with the most box snaps in Week One. Von Bell was the leader. He had 40 of his 83 snaps were in the box. Second, Rayshon Jenkins, 38 of his 78 snaps were in the box. Um, 
Marcus May was third, 36 of his 64. Love seeing both of these guys on my bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marcus May, he's going to be probably pretty good this year for, for IDP. Um, we'll see what happens when Ashton Davis comes back. Uh, but I'd still imagine Marcus, Marcus May is actually good safety, so he'll, he'll be out there. Um, Landon Collins, uh, 32 of his 65 snaps were in the box. So that's that was interesting. The Cameron Curl usage was very uh, odd. I mean, not a lot of people Did, Didn't play a lot, did he? It was him and it was Collins and Bobby McCain actually led the safeties right. in snaps. Right. Yeah. I think I think Curl played like forty seven percent of the snaps. So that was not what a lot of people expected. Um but I, I thought it would be Collins in the box. I thought the coaches would wise up and say, We're not putting Landon Collins in coverage when this is not what he does well. Yeah. So good to see logic prevail. Yeah. But I mean, there was a point where, you know, we were we were kind of on curl, but then we were like, no, nah, we don't think we don't think he's going to be the guy that that's going to do it. And so we got off. But um, then he was being used in the box, and Collins was being used deep. And we're like, what the hell is going on? Are right. they going to get both these guys on the field? Are their roles going to flip? So still probably a pretty fluid situation. Yes. still probably going to change. Not putting anything in concrete yet, but at least for week one, it was nice to see you know rational coaching prevail. Right. Um, fifth on the list was Jeremy Chin. 31 of his 64 snaps were in the box. Uh, Jaquiski Tart, 28 of his 72 snaps were in the box. Found out his name is actually pronounced Jaquaski. Oh, nice. Which I don't appreciate. I like that better, though. Jaquaski. It's like, uh, what is it, Unique Ngakwe? Yeah. I'm just not doing it, Unique. I'm sorry. Yeah, it doesn't look like that, though, the way it's spelled. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, Mike Edwards, 24 of his 69 snaps were in the box. Remember, uh, they were really banged up, though. Um, his face was out. Uh, Whitehead is yeah. out. Um, the other guy, the other guy that was starting, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, yeah. Jordan hurt. Whitehead out with injury. But there was someone else that got banged up too. Edwards, I think. No, 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 no. That is Mike Edwards. He was cut that, Josh. I'm not cutting that, Addy. I told you I'm not doing any editing tonight. <laughs> uh, number eight was Deshaun Elliott. 24 of his 85 snaps were in the box. So, um, you know, those are those are guys that may be out there on your waivers that you could go pick up. Addy, um, do do box snaps matter? Do we want safeties that play in the box? That feels like an antiquated notion to me. Yeah, you do. You want people closer to the to the line of scrimmage, close, closer to the ball. That's how we get the tackles. Those are the sticky stats. That's what we want every week. It's it's not that hard. Addy, that seems too logical. I'm gonna have to push back on that. Yeah, well that's it's always, you know, it's always good to go against the hot game. take. Box snaps do not matter. You heard it here first, folks. Skip Bayless does very well, uh, very, <laughs> very well, very well in this world. Um, Stephen A. Smith is the highest paid person at ESPN. The fantasy football counselor does very well. I mean, you know, we Trump was our president. You can be an idiot, you know, bloviator, and you're going to get followers because there are a lot of people out there who are idiots as well. Yeah, a lot of time that on will their flock hands. to you. Sure. Um, Okay, let's do another one. I did a, uh, I just did some random notes that I thought were were interesting. I may start doing this every week. Um, Max Crosby, thirteen pressures. That was the most in week one. He had a ninety three point PFF grade. Sober, should mention, kind of that that flew under my radar a little bit. Ha- very happy for Max Crosby. That's awesome. That is tremendous. Congratulations. They to look him. good. They look really good. That defense was flying. Oh, wait, around. no, I didn't know he, he was an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic. Yeah. Oh wow. So struggle with alcoholism. So was he doing this while he was playing? While he was playing. That's a yep. big deal, folks. Big deal. And he was injured. Like I was talking about this with John this morning of like, don't forget, Mad Max was hurt last year. Had two different injuries. I think a torn labrum and like a broken bone. And healthy now, sober. They've got some upgrades along that defensive line. 
You had Carl Nassib balling out. You've got Unique and Gakwe there as well. So you have to wonder though, was was Max trying to upstage Carl? <laughs> Carl got him a fumble there on that uh, last play. Yeah, got him a sack. I'd love to see it. That's so. awesome. Is it was a fun game, and I was loving seeing the uh, Max has himself a celebration. I yeah. don't think anybody else is doing the bow and arrow. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, it's Cor- a good look. Corey Biggleton had uh, ten total tackles. I'm sorry, who? <laughs> Corey Biggleton. Corey Biggleton. <laughs> Remember, we tried to get that going about a year ago. <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, oh, because he was Littleton? Right, sure. Um, Xavier McKinney played 63 snaps, 49 were at free safety. So a little curious there. But um, also note Jabril Peppers was nowhere to be found. Wah, wah, wah. What was his snap percentage? It was pretty low. It was low. like in the 40s, yeah. I think. So um, You hate to see it. Hate to see it, man. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins, I think I mentioned him earlier, but let's uh, break down the snaps a little more. 78 snaps, 38 were in the box, five on the line, nine at slot corner. Yum, 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 yum. Uh, Chase Winovich only played 22% of the snaps. So Hate to see it. Yeah, he, he got dropped in our main league. He may be dead. That he beautiful may be. blonde hair is going to be sitting on that bench. He'll have those weeks where Belichick will you know, play him 60% of the snaps. He'll get two sacks, but the very next week he's not going to be on the Zero percent of snaps. Not even on the, on the Just bus. Just holding the towels. Yeah. Legereus Sneed, one of my faves. Um, 60 snaps. That was 100% of the snaps. That was that was important. I loved to see that. Yes. Because last year he was hovering around he, like 70 yeah, to 80 range. Wasn't really like a full, full-time player. Right. Uh, I mean, he was banged up. He was a rookie, but still. Uh, 100% of the snaps. 11 in the box. 27 in the slot. 6 at DL. 15 out wide. So, Woo. love that. Mm. Uh, our boy Gross Matos. Yeats. Full, didn't get a lot of playing time, but he did put up four pressures on 12 pass rush snaps. So, Pretty nice. I like that a lot. That's a fun team. That's a really good defense. Um, another situation we've, we've been really interested in is obviously um, the Melvin Ingram, Alex Highsmith situation. So Melvin Ingram played 54 snaps. He got five pressures. Love it. Really good out there. Yep. Uh, Highsmith also got, you know, a decent amount of playing time, 46 snaps, just put up two pressures. But um, those guys, you know, that could, that could flip-flop every week. But both guys are seeming to, you know, get some good runs. So we like that. Both can be useful. Um, Cam Hayward. Uh, we'll talk about him. Beasted out. Yeah, 12 pressures. That was the second most behind Max. 95.3 PFF grade. Grown-ass man. Um, he is. He's on the Mount Rushmore right now. Yeah. You know, him, Calais Campbell. Right. I don't know who else you throw up there right now. Akeem Hicks, maybe. Yeah, he's getting up there on age, though. Yeah, we, we need to update that we again. Need to, we need to make T-shirts with, like, a Mount Rushmore of grown-ass men on it. Yeah. I got a lot of ideas uh, kicking around my head always about merch and stuff. So Hit us with some hot new merch, Addy. We need it. Um, let's see. OA, four pressures on 32 pass rush attempts. He had a sack. He had two quarterbacks hit. Uh, he looked fast. QB hits, yeah. He 68 and a half. Fast. PFF grade. He's fast. He's big. I think he's like 6'4". Long arms. Um, yeah, love that. Um, Alton Robinson, second-year guy. But has a you know pretty nice athletic profile. He put up three pressures on only five pass rush snaps. Only played twelve total snaps, but um, a guy that could eventually get his opportunity. There's a lot of interesting pieces along that Seahawks defensive line. Yeah, uh, Rasheem Green looked yeah, great, looked pretty good. Uh, there was another Dunlap still got some nice snaps, but didn't wear number with... eight. I'm not not, is weird. not loving that. It's very weird getting used to that. Yeah, not loving that. Uh, last thing I'll touch on here, um, Jermaine Pratt. And Logan Wilson was very interested in how those snaps shaked out. Logan uh, Wilson was every bit the full-time starter we thought he was, didn't we? 87% of the defensive snaps. Yep. Jermaine Pratt had the better stat line, but 
only 45% of the snaps. Yeah, so extreme outlier in terms of right. efficiency. So and, and good they, sell candidate. He's never been one of those guys that stays on, on the field for third down. Usually, like, he's he's around, you know, 50 to 60% of those defensive snaps. So, Logan Wilson, do not be worried. The uh, the better games are coming. Yeah, that's what the, the overreaction, I feel like, that we don't need to fall victim to is don't look at the fantasy points necessarily, right? Look at the usage. Look at the look at the stats that are actually going to be indicative of future success. Someone like Jermaine Pratt and guys that we're going to talk about here in this next segment, great time to sell. Mm-hmm. Like if you have extreme outlier performances based on playing time and you've got some overconfident, swaggering owners coming off a big week one win, their head's gotten all big, try to sell them these guys. Like, hey, did you see this finish? Like this was crazy, right? So try to move guys like that to these folks. Jermaine Pratt's an easy one, too, because like, oh, this is his third year. That's this could, it. This could be it. We know the third-year leap is getting parroted all over the place, That's Eddie. Right. Snaps don't matter. Yes, they don't. <laughs> PFF grades don't matter. Not real. Pressures aren't real. Never have been. Never will be. Box snaps are a fallacy, folks. But sure. Hey, not a fallacy. Manscaped, we're going to hear from them here for a few minutes. And then when we come back, legit or quit, on some top scores from week one. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. IDP flow, safety's in the box, no PO. Play like the Rio, happy take home the gold like a C3PO. What's up, guys? It's Josh, and we are back with a brand new ad read for our friends over at Manscaped. Y'all know who it is. They're going to get you right below the waist. And today, we're talking back to school. Not only are the kiddos going back to school, but colleges and universities are opening back up. People are returning to campus. And today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With it being back-to-school time, we want to make sure you pack the essentials to have the best year yet. And no, we're not talking about your lunchbox and your colored pencils. We're talking about the Manscaped fourth-generation performance package. Things are opening up, so be ready for whatever is in the daily schedule for you. It's the perfect package for your package. It includes the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Fellas, go for the valedictorian. Yes, they wrote that joke in the script, and I am so incredibly proud of the copywriter who put this together. Be the valedictorian of ball trimming and join the two million men worldwide who trust manscape by going to manscape.com with the code idp show that's right the show name has changed the promo code has changed if you want to go get some sweet manscaped gear i just got some for myself got the shed travel bag and the body wash and the foot deodorant and the cologne guys the cologne is absolutely amazing check it out if you're in need of a new scent and use promo code IDP show. So we're talking about back to school. I was never one to hit up the fraternity parties or the big keggers on campus. I was spending time putting the dodgeball club together. The party scene, that was more of Adam's thing. Wish he was here to talk about it, but maybe he wouldn't want to talk about it. So it's probably good that he's not here. And if I was in this scene though, I would have been a hell of a lot more popular If I had had the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped, it is here to teach the boys a lesson on male hygiene. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, 
weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. That is a lifesaver as you get into your 30s. Crop preserver ball deodorant. Talk about a lifesaver. Crop reviver toner plus two free gifts. Performance boxer briefs. As Addie says, they make you look huge. And the shed travel bag. Had to buy one of those for myself because I gave Connor the 4.0 package that included mine. So I had to go get my own. It's fine. Connie deserved the bag and he's been absolutely loving it. This package includes the brand new Lawnmower 4.0, as we've mentioned, and will give you the confidence to do anything you desire. New year, new you. Might screw around and attend Smooth Balls University this fall. Wait, is that a thing? It is if you're right below the waist, thanks to Manscaped, and you're reading this bomb-ass ad read. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe that is trademarked technology. It also allows you to shave your pencil down and customize your trim through an additional guard lengths with size one through four. They're packing a ton of dick and pencil and school supplies jokes in here and I'm a big, big fan of it. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof? This package also comes with the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in both your nose and ear. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Jesus, no wonder Adam trips over this. This is a lot of really good specifics that is very hard to read in one fluent take, but here we are. We're doing it. We're powering through. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology. Again, that's trademark, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes that Adam likes to talk about. After trimming your pubes and cleaning your holes, show them some love with the Manscaped Liquid Formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which I use every day, helps prevent chafing and makes your downstairs smell really good. And Crop Reviver Ball Toner are here to get you ready for class during the day and ready to partay at night. Manscaped also threw in two free gifts for the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. One is a comfy front pack for your balls, and the other is a backpack for your goods. This copywriter needs a raise, folks. They are out here dropping absolute dimes in this ad read, and I'm just blessed to be a part of it here on the IDP Show. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code IDPSHOW at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code IDPSHOW at manscaped.com. This year, graduate with a degree in clean balls from Manscaped. Y'all know what time it is. The boys is back. All right, we're back, Addy. I put it out on Twitter today, the Manscaped Boxers. I mean, it's the ultimate performance enhancer. Make you look huge. Make you look huge. Fit like a glove. Yes, sir. Very soft. Make sure you pick you up a pair. Uh Manscaped.com, promo code IDP show, Addy. We had to switch up the code. Yeah. With the uh, makeover of the show. That's right. That was... uh... That was, yeah, that was a big reason why we were, you know, hesitant to do it because of that code. That code. I will say thank you to our listeners for helping us get the Manscaped sponsorship extended through the end of the football season. Y'all made it happen, and we really appreciate y'all. So if you need some Manscaped swag for a gift for yourself, you know, we got Christmas coming up here. Make it easy on yourself, guys. Just get some cologne for your dad, 
you know, get uh, the travel shed bag for your brother for Christmas. Just do it right now. Use the code and you'll thank yourself later when you're not scrambling on December 24th trying to find a good gift. I hear the um, the cologne smells really good. I've got the cologne. Is it good? It's excellent. Body, they have body washes. Body well. washes, very good. They got it all, guys. It really and it doesn't dry out my skin. I'm a big like my skin gets dried out very easily, so I, I pay attention to that. The man's it's it's hair and body wash. No, oh, nice. So you just need one bottle. Sure, love to see. We, it. we ain't got time for it. We ain't got time for all the switching and the sir. Just give me one little and then just sir all over my body, getting all them crevices. You got to keep them crevices clean, Addy. Too much breathing. Too much breathing. But heavy breathing as far as some of these top scorers, Addy. Uh, when we look at week one, it's a bit of fool's gold. So that's what we're trying to s- just kind of sift through here. See if we have some gold nuggets or some gold painted turds. Hey, DTA, baby. Don't trust anyone, baby. DTA. Thought you were going a different direction with DT there. But let's talk about legit or quit. Donald Trump administration. Donald Trump administration. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now that you're going DTF. Um, yeah, no. no. You ain't that trashy, uh-huh. Brett. But uh, in honor of the late, great Norm MacDonald, Addy, I know mm. you are a big Norm fan, a big loss for the comedy community today. Norm passing away at the age of 61 after a long battle with cancer. Um, just one of the greats. And I know one of your favorite comedians, Ad. Yeah, he was my favorite. Um, I think at one point it may have been Louis C.K. And then, you know, of course, his... He's a piece of shit. Come to find out. (laughs) So you kind of got to pivot off that. But, I mean, either way, Norm's better. Norm Norm is the GOAT. Um, It's just a shame, man. He's a true comedian's comedian. Um, You know, always going to be the funniest person on the stage. But, I mean, you hate... Obviously, this is the worst to to lose someone like Norm. But... uh, I am I am glad that so many people are going to be exposed to Norm because there's a lot of people that just don't realize how funny this guy is. Haven't plugged in on Norm. Yeah. You know? I mean, get on YouTube, go through. I, I recommend everyone going through like the, the Conan interviews. Those are always gold. Any interview with Norm is going to be gold. Um, the Bob Saget roast where no one knew what Norm was doing. Uh, I've heard that's the best roast of all time. It's the best. It's just so corny and just – it just – so stupid where everyone else is trying to just hit, you know, trying to hit Saget with these, these tough, hard jokes. Norm's just doing the corniest jokes <laughs> ever. So, um, and they're killing, they're killing. And that was, that was his thing. He was the king of the non sequiturs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the reason I brought him up, we, we got some special drops on the board for you and all the Norm fans out there. And one of his most famous non sequiturs, of course, is you guessed it. Frank Stallone. <laughs> a running gag on Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live was blaming things on Sly Stallone's brother. You guessed it. Frank Stallone. Frank Stallone. Yeah. Well, yeah, the great bit. Um, there, There's also a, a funny video out there on YouTube of, like, someone asking why he, you know, it did. What, what was the deal with that? Why did you always choose Frank Stallone? And uh, he, there really wasn't there's a reason. There's no good reason. It's just the fact that he's just kind of, you know, in Sly's shadow is kind of the doofy brother. Yeah. It's just, you know, th- that's the joke. It doesn't have to make sense. There's no logic with it. So, yeah. Um, but in honor of Norm, what we're trying to Addy help people with as they look at these week one finishes and some of these, you know, top scores for IDP is okay. Settle down prostitutes, settle down prostitutes. We're going to help you figure out if these guys are legit or if you should quit buying into the hype. And we're starting 
With the aforementioned grown-ass man, Cameron Hayward scored 29 points by Big 3 scoring. Folks, if you want to see what we mean when we say Big 3 scoring, check out the idpshow.com. We've got a tab over there with all of the scoring settings so you can see how this all gets tabulated. But 29 points, of course, he's the defensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some notable stuff here, Addy. Defensive grade, 95.3. That Good. may be the highest I've seen of the weekend. I think Max was like a 93. Right, yep. So uh, run defense, 89.6, tackling 71.5, and pass rush, 93.6. 12 pressures, as you mentioned, second most among all defenders. 11 hurries, one sack, two PDs, one force fumble, one fumble recovery. On only 66% of snaps. He did this on 56 total snaps. 53 as a defensive lineman, and breaking that down, six of those were at nose tackle, 38 at defensive tackle, 40 pass rush snaps, and a 35.1% win rate. Chewy. My goodness, that makes me break out into like a sweat right there. Yeah. So we we asked Aaron to pull us some quotes because we love kind of getting an outside perspective on what are people who cover football for a living saying about these guys in response to these week one performances. This first one from Joe Marion at the Draft Network. Every time I watch the Pittsburgh Steelers play football, I come away with the same takeaway. Cameron Hayward is an outstanding football player, an absolute stud, plays his ass off, and always impacts the game. Doug Farrar at USA Today said, I remember in 2017, I thought that Cameron Hayward was the equal of any interior defensive lineman, including Aaron Donald. He's been great since then, but his performance against the Bills was some mean Joe Green shit. Wow. One of his best ever games. Some high praise right That's there. That's some very, very high praise. This is one of the few guys on this list, Addy, I think is legit. Yes. I think especially in D-tackle required leagues, if for some reason, and the shine is off of Cam Hayward. He had mm-hmm. a big year two or three years ago. Kind of old news at this point, but if he's out there on your waivers, and especially if you're in a D-tackle required league, huge, huge pickup for me. Yeah, I think that's that's the good point right there. Is I think people thought he was in decline, right? Because he had a huge 2019, kind of a down 2020. What hell, we all did. We all did. We were all struggling, guys. Sure. And then 2021, he is, you know, definitely, you know, found himself again. He's a new guy. Uh, or back to his old ways, I guess, is a better way of saying that. Um but yeah, I mean that that defense is once again ferocious, ridiculous. Yep, absolutely. Minka Fitzpatrick out there making some absurd plays. TJ Watt, the whatever hundred million dollar man, whatever kind of deal he got. Add in Melvin Ingram. Yep. Alex Highsmith year two. I mean that's a fun team. Yeah. You know, they're not going to miss a beat missing Bud Dupree. No. Devin Bush and uh, Schobert coexisted nicely. Mm-hmm. It seemed like yep. so. It's funny. You look at, and this is, I'm glad we're hitting on these three guys because I think, especially in DL leagues where you don't see it split out, these are guys you're going to have to make decisions on. But especially in D-tackle required leagues, Addy, Cameron Hayward is going to be a topic of discussion, as are these next two guys here. So I want to get your take, and maybe we can break it out as if you have to pick between these next two guys, who do you like best? So let's start with the defensive tackle from Philadelphia, Javon Hargrave. This was a sleeper kind of, you know, hype candidate that we had going into last season. I know I was big on Hargrave coming over, I think from Cincinnati possibly, uh, into the Philadelphia Eagles. Got hurt, did not play well last season, but had 28 points in week one, 92.9 D 
defensive grade, 94.6 pass rush grade, six pressures, two sacks, one QB hit, and three hurries. The best pass rush grade in the entire league in week one belonged to Javon Hargrave. He had 39 total snaps, only 55%. Remember, we said this defensive line in Philadelphia is very much a rotation, but all 39 came along the defensive line, 11 at nose tackle, 28 at defensive tackle. He had 27 pass rush snaps. And if you thought his, if you thought Cameron Hayward's win rate was good, Addy, Javon Hargrave put up a 47.8% win rate, which is just absurd. And I love this quote from Bo, Bo Wolf of The Athletic said, all summer long, Hargrave was the Eagles' best defensive player. Not lineman, not defensive tackle, defensive player. It was nice to see that carry over to week one when Hargrave put the exclamation point on the dominant effort with a pair of fourth down sacks of Matt Ryan in the fourth quarter. The defensive line pressured Ryan throughout, but it took a while for the sacks to come. All three of the Eagles sacks came in the fourth quarter, though they should also be credited for Ryan's two intentional grounding penalties. So Javon Hargrave, again, Defensive tackle required leagues, I'm very interested. Maybe not so much for defensive line leagues. Right, yeah. Of course, on Sleeper, you're probably steering away from really all the defensive tackles. All the defensive tackles. Not named Buckner and Donald and Chris Even Jones. Kim Hayward. I mean, yeah. Hayward belongs in that mix, too, now. Yeah, I think so. I benched him and, and definitely regretted it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I would have benched him, too, by the way. I like Hargrave. Yeah. Uh, we're You know, we're going to... Spoiler alert, we're going to get to uh, Michael Pierce next. But, um, two dudes were basically identical. Yeah. As they far both as had, what they did. Right. But Hargrave has done this before. Yep. He's, 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 um, 2018, he shot, he saw six and a half sacks, um, in Pittsburgh. Oh, it was Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's had, you know, four, four and a half sacks, uh, in, in 2020 last year. Um, so, you know, great start for Hargrave, but, I mean, that kind of really what we expected. This was someone that I was really excited about when he signed with Philly. And he didn't really, you know, didn't really have the year that we, we wanted. But but still, I think the upside's still there. I like Hargrave in defensive tackle leagues. Defensive tackle leagues, like we said, this defensive line, especially the defensive end group, big-time rotation. So mm-hmm. not really rolling any of these guys out with confidence every single week. Um, but I think if you're in if, – if you need to roll with one of these guys, like we said, Josh Sweat has the most upside at defensive end, and Javon Hargrave obviously is an ideal candidate as like a – I don't know if he's necessarily set it and forget it defensive tackle, but if you're looking to scoop somebody up, um, you know, I've got Buckner. I'm looking at look, uh, adding some defensive tackle depth. Hargrave is definitely on my list of dudes I'm looking at. I think the most important thing to take away from his performance was – when your guys play against Atlanta, you need to start those guys. Start those guys, man. It's a bad team. Bad team. They're going to be in the backfield all day long. All day long. Michael Pierce, you mentioned it, defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, put up 26.75 points, 71.2 defensive grade, and an 83.3 pass rush grade. Addy, why don't you hit us with some of the stats here for your boy from the Vikings? Yeah, so he finished with two pressures, two sacks, seven total tackles, Two tackles for loss. That's a nice log. It's a very nice log. Um, you know, played 60% of the snaps, um, all of them at defensive line. 35 were at um, nose tackle. Six were at defensive tackle. Um, 15 pass rush snaps. He had a 14.3 win percentage. Um, he had one and a half sacks in three seasons in Baltimore. 
That's that's what gives me a lot of pause. This yeah. is not like him at all. This is not what we have seen traditionally on his resume. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, th- he is. I think his season high is two and a half sacks. So he he almost has that in after week one. Um. So I just don't think you can expect that really going forward. I mean, I do expect him to be you know a, a tackle eater, someone that can you know probably give you five to seven tackles a game, which is solid for a defensive tackle. So now I'm just looking for a little bit of consistency. Upside's hard to find anyway. Anyway, at defense, at defensive tackle especially, did Sheldon Richardson get in this game much at all? He got in there, but, I mean, he didn't really do much. And, again, the the snaps aren't going to be there for him to be relied on. I, I think there's going to be – there's going to need to be an injury to one of the guys, you know, for anyone to really get the lion's share. But I will say, Michael Pierce was a guy they were very excited about mm-hmm. last season. Right. Opted out due to COVID. Now he's back. And we have to keep in mind that you have a great defensive-minded head coach in Mike Zimmer whose head might explode off his body by the end of this season. He just seems very angry. I mean, when you have plexiglass Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, that's going to make you probably just want to run into traffic. But I do like thinking about the ways that Zimmer can employ some of these defensive linemen, because that front is pretty nasty. It's pretty good, yeah. But again, think of it, um, you know, it's very similar to the Devon Hargrave goal uh, game. You know, played against uh, Atlanta, who's terrible. This was against Cincinnati. We know that we've talked all offseason about how bad their offensive line is. Everyone wanted them to address it in the draft. They took chase. Um, so, yeah. so that's a two, caveat as well. These are two great matchups. Yeah, so... As Norm would say... Okay, settle down, prostitutes. Settle down, prostitutes, a little bit on these guys. But, Addy, let's shift to linebacker now. And we're starting off with an outside linebacker who probably has defensive line eligibility in some places, including Sleeper. It was the man who lit fantasy Twitter ablaze for the way he just took a wrecking ball to the Tennessee Titans offense. This is Chandler Jones, scored 64 point five points by big three scoring. I don't know that we'll see a defensive player score that many points the rest of the season. Mm. We may have gotten the top score in week one with Chandler Jones. Yeah, maybe so. So graded really well, 93.8 overall grade and a 93.1 pass rush grade. He had six total tackles, two forced fumbles on 48 total snaps, which was 74%. He had 47 of those at edge one at defensive tackle on 33 pass rush snaps. He had a 29, 21.9% win rate. This is the good stuff right here, folks. Seven pressures, five sacks, one hit, one hurry. Jones became the first player since the sack became an official stat in 1982 to tally three sacks in the first quarter of the first day of the season. Kind of a random silly stat, but I think it just illustrates, Addy, how absolutely dominant Chandler Jones was. Yeah, that was a tough uh, tough matchup for people that were going against against uh, Chandler you Jones. You probably lost if you, you were playing to, yeah. Chandler Jones. You hate to start your year out like that, especially in the first quarter. It's like, good Lord. Well, and especially because Chandler Jones was probably on some people's benches. Yeah, probably so. You know, because we, we had, I think, some optimism I think we had him on our redraft targets mm-hmm. list, you know, because we said last season, yeah, he played kind of bad in those four or five games before he got hurt, but he also got hurt. Yeah. Older can be forgotten. And then we saw the hold in stuff during training camp. 
and the trade did, request. And even when he played those four or five games last year, he wasn't very good. He wasn't that great. Didn't, I don't know that he recorded a sack last year. Left a bad taste in managers' mouths, so I think it was like, ah, I don't know. We'll also, see. he's disgruntled. Like yes. He you know, wanted to be traded. Yep. Holding so. in during camp. Uh, I have to – tell me what you think of this, Addy. Uh, and I'll relate it back to a, a story from high school as well. But this is Taylor Lewan on Twitter said, Got my ass kicked today. No way around that. I let the team and the fans down. Thank you, Chandler Jones, for exposing me. It will only force me to get better. Not. How not do we feel no. about this? Yeah, I mean, I don't like that one bit. I don't like Taylor Lewan. He's a little bit of a loud mouth. A little, you know, thinks he's a little too cute. He thinks he's really cool. Thinks he's very cool. Yeah. He's the guy at the party with, like, the, the jean jacket on and the mullet and the truck tailgate and the loud music that everyone's like, just take it down like three notches, Taylor. Talking really loud wants everyone around him to hear what he's yep. saying. Yep. So it's just a bunch of douchey things, though. It reminds me of, um, I don't remember who he was fighting, but Chris O'Dell from high school got into a fight, got his ass absolutely whooped, then stood up and shook the dude's hand and said, good job kicking my ass. Don't like that. <laughs> Don't like you getting up and saying, thanks for just whooping me No, in front of God and everyone here. And, Luan, I, I, I mean, you're in the twilight of your career, bro. Yeah, you I don't know that's going to get better, man. It was reminding me of Arthur Smith saying, we will not let this loss define us. It's a long season. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Who was saying this loss was going to define you, Arthur? <laughs> and if you're saying it's a long season in week one, oh, boy. It's not great. Yeah, not a great look for Taylor Lewan. Uh And as we mentioned, uh, Chandler Jones held in. He should just walk into Steve Kimes office and be like, give me my money. Get the big novelty check out. Let's take the picture. Give me my money right now. They dominated, man. They did. Kyler looked great. Nuke looked great. Christian Kirk looked great. Yeah. You even had uh, the little hundred Rondo Moore. Yeah. Little uh, Ant-Man, I think is how he's classified on I player love, profiler. I love Rondo Moore. He's going to, he's going to be a, a weapon there for them. Yeah. So Chandler Jones, do we like, as a waiver wire pickup, if he's out there? Yeah, for sure. I think, are you starting him with confidence if you have him on your roster already? Well, I mean, if you're in sleeper, yes. He's in your lineup every week because he gets the DL tag. Most leagues, I think probably MFL, an O and RSO, he's a linebacker. Yep. So, I mean, that makes it a little hairier. Um, I'm, I'm probably never starting a guy like Chandler Jones, Von Miller, JPP in my linebacker slot on a platform where that's the only designation he gets. I will start them in a flex spot. Right. Well, because that's that's how I play my flex. I was having this conversation with my co-owner, Kyle Belly Fuel, and I, he said, what do you like to do in your flex? I said, I like to aim for upside. Mm-hmm. I like to aim for these high sack guys. And so that's the way I play my flex, but it depends on your roster makeup. Yeah. That Chandler Jones might slot into that linebacker slot for you. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on how many linebackers you're actually starting. If you're starting two, that makes it a lot more difficult to get someone like that into your lineup because it's hard to trust, you know. Um, but if it's three, if it's four, yes, it makes a lot of sense to to have that guy be your Because, th- I mean, you know, your third linebacker, usually is somebody is getting you, you know, you're hoping, what, between 10 to 12 points? Yeah. Right? So, especially with the snaps, I think that's the important point mm-hmm. here. We saw 48 total snaps. That was good for 74%. And we saw him playing on the edge almost for every single one of those 48 snaps. And we always have to mention when we, when we talk about Chandler Jones, his brother is... John Bones Jones. The lineage and the family athleticism is, it's off the charts. He grew up with one of the best MMA fighters in the world. Like, this guy is, is he's an ass He's kicker. different. He's built different. He's truly. built different, like us. 
That's right. We, we, we're built. It's different, all right. I don't know that it's good. It's great. We're built, You're right. It's not good. It's great. We're built like an unformed lump of clay. Hey, we're going to have our moments, son. One of these days, I'm telling you what, boy, it's going to be unreal. I just, as long as I got sunscreen, Addy, I'm fine to have a moment. Yes, in the sir. Sun. Got your Gilligan hat on there. Gilligan hat. Yeah, I do have a Gilligan hat. I don't wear it as much because I don't mow the yard anymore. It's sad. I miss mowing the yard a little bit. Mm. Miss, I, I, I lose. I, I do have a commute though in the mornings now. I'm taking packs to daycare, so I got my podcast time mm. back. I work from home, so I wasn't going anywhere, doing anything. Lost the mower. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to listen to. All my podcasts. You have something mowing your yard? Yeah. Wow. Look at Josh. Guys, wow. Subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to our patrons for mowing my yard. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. I'm mowing my yard. What the hell? Yeah, I sold the mower. That's that paid for the first year of mows. Next year, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yes, sir. May just let it grow up over the house. Paxton should be old enough at that point. I think so. I think it's about time. He needs to pull his own weight. Let's talk about Shaq Thompson pulled his weight for the Carolina Panthers, adding to the tune of forty point nine points. Wow. This is uh this is what we you know, like to see from Shaq. Shaq was the heir apparent to Luke Keekley. Yeah, we love the all-time high. Exactly. Major hype bunny coming off. You talk about the tackle void when you just subtract a Hall of Famer like Luke Keekley from the lineup. This is what we thought was going to happen last year. Exactly. We did not... We haven't seen that to date with Shaq Thompson, so I really want to talk about him. Graded very well, 75.7, 88.7 in coverage, and a 70.2 with his pass rush. Also tackled very well, 81.4. Wasn't great in run defense with a 46 grade, but had 10 tackles, one sack, one pick, and three PDs, 65 total snaps. That was good for 100%. Played 54 of those in the box and eight in the slot. He had eight pass rush snaps for a 14.3% win rate, one pressure, one sack, and in 38 coverage snaps, he had a passer rating of 31.5. Now, the most notable thing, though, the thing we have to talk about since we're all about swag on this podcast, he had pulled a little late switcheroo there, went with the single-digit swag, switching from number 54 to number 7. This was so last minute that our lads wasn't even updated yet. He finished the week, week one with more INTs and sacks than he had in all of 2020. So maybe the number switch to number 7, which is what he wore in college, Gave him a little bit of juice out there, Addy. Hmm. So this was like a recent thing. He just decided. It literally to do it? happened the morning Sunday morning. Wow. That because I heard some chatter that there were going to be some coaches upset because they'd watch film of this guy as number fifty four, and now all of a sudden he's switching to number seven. So was this like a strategy thing for some teams? Like were they allowed to do this? I guess apparently because you got Shaq Thompson switching the morning of the game wow. to number seven. That's awesome. That's smart too. Yeah. So you don't know who is this number seven guy gives he he's fired up. You know, he's got the new number on. You feel fresh. You feel good. That's the only reason why he did what he done. I mean, you Peyton Manning brought it up last night. A lot of guys are excited about switching to single digit Jersey numbers. They're having fun. And he said, let them do it. Let them have fun. Cause you know why the game's going to be more fun to watch. Yeah. It was definitely more fun to watch with Shaq Thompson, but we, we know he's not going to put up for almost 41 points every yeah. single week. But what can we expect for Shaq Thompson, seeing that he is getting 100% of the snaps in what we think is going to be a very improved Carolina defense? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Jerome Baker from last year. Remember, he started out huge, 
Um, but, you know, the difference in those two was Jerome Baker was never a guy that was getting 100% of the snaps, whereas Shaq Thompson is. Um, I like it. I mean, I, I you know, I'd expect Shaq Thompson to – he's obviously off to a great start, but I, I would expect him to, to be better than he's probably ever been. Um, you know, linebacker two. Time. I think linebacker two maybe flirting with the back end LB one. Yeah, but definitely a solid LB two. I have no problem rolling him out as my LB two week in and week out. Yeah, who and and you know he's a value wherever he was drafted. He's going to end up being a value because he was probably being drafted like LB twenty to twenty five. I was going to say he felt like a maybe even like an LB three. I remember yeah. I got him like last round of our shark draft. One of those guys that everyone forgets forgets about. You know, I think a lot of people are just kind of get fatigued with you know just waiting for guys like that to be great. And it's like uh, the Marcus Davenport effect of just all hype and very little results. And this is how it usually works whenever you're like, all right, I'm done. Bye bye. Shaq Thompson. Bye bye. Marcus Davenport. You see this happen. So yeah, we love Shaq Thompson, especially if you have him as your LB two. Who's the next guy we got here. Addy from the Los Angeles Rams. Not a guy I was familiar with before this week. Yeah. Justin Hollins. Um, Put up 28 points this week. He's the uh, outside linebacker for the Rams. He uh, had a PFF grade of 90.1 overall, a run defense grade of 77.1, a tackle grade of 78.2, a pass rush grade of 80.8, and a coverage grade of 78.1. So he finished with eight total tackles, one for loss, uh, two sacks, one forced fumble. Um, Played 51 total snaps. That was 70 Four percent of the snaps. That's kind of that's what jumped out to me from this. That's more nice. so than the points was seventy four percent of snaps. Yeah, that 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 is really nice. And you know, he's an edge guy though. Forty six at edge, four in the box, one in the slot, twenty six pass rush snaps. So, um, I love that he gets to play alongside Aaron Donald. We've seen what that has done for a lot of people. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to career years, um, but. Hit him with that drop. Okay, settle down, prostitutes. So I want to bring up some points here because this is where I think you can make the argument a little bit for Hollins is, you know, this is just kind of a fun stat, but per NFL Next Gen Stats, he had the second fastest sack, 2.67 seconds in week one. Who had the fastest Addy in 2.24 seconds? Chandler Jones. Mm. Still getting it done. He's had so many of them. He had a large sample size for Chandler Jones. Interesting question from the athletic football show is Chandler Jones. Does he deserve to be in the hall of fame discussion? Hmm. He's up over a hundred sacks. I think he has 102 now. Wow. Robert Mays and Mike Sando were saying on the mailbag episode today, let's say he puts up 30 more sacks over the course of his career. Let's say he puts up maybe even 40, 30 puts him in some company with some potential hall of fame guys. 40 more puts him up there with, like, Lawrence Taylor, like, other uh, Michael Strahan. uh, Who was the bald guy? Jason Taylor for the Dolphins. Like, puts him in some elite company. So we'll see how the rest of his career pans out. But you mentioned a guy that could put up a couple more 15-sack seasons. If he does that, I think we're going to be looking at Chandler Jones in a new light, especially when it comes to the Hall of Fame discussion. But I wanted to bring this up with Hollins. He was the Rams' best-rated defender per PFF. Their other mainstay at outside linebacker at Leonard Floyd was their second worst. So, 
the opposite edge there in Los Angeles across from Leonard Floyd. Do we think maybe that Hollins has locked this in or is it just a week one flash in the pan? Yeah, I mean, I would be a little hesitant to to crown this guy. But, I mean, that's great. You know, that you can't ask for a better start than that. But, yeah, I mean, I still think Leonard Floyd is going to be the best option after Aaron Donald. Um, but, you know, you're feeling lucky. Yeah, Hollins is fine. I think uh, we're going to be getting to week five with the Los Angeles Rams looking at their edge rusher rotation and saying, You guessed it, Frank Stallone. That'll be the leading guy somehow for this. I don't know, man. I've said it. For me, it's Aaron Donald. It's Jordan Fuller. I don't really want to figure out the rest of this defense. I think it's going to be a mess that we are trying to decipher all season. I will say, a lot of buzz about Jalen Ramsey playing in this star position. Had a lot, had a, almost like a linebacker type of role. Racked up some nice points. So, yeah, I think he's moved into the category of auto start cornerback. Yeah, maybe so. And you know, the star there in LA—that's really just slot corner. He's playing a lot more slot corner snaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, the tackle numbers will go up if he's playing on that slot corner. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a great player. Knows how to get to the ball. So, um, our boy Bobby traded for him. He actually traded away Marlon Humphrey. That's right. A lot of people with CB1 yep. for Jalen Ramsey. Now there's a little bit of you know home Rams bias there built in that, but um I don't think I don't think Bobby's you know gonna be too far off or too unhappy with that trade. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's probably gonna be much better than he's ever been for IDP this year. I agree. On a lot of waiver wires too, because of the old narrative that, you know, he's not gonna get targets because he's so good. Um but playing in this role now, he has a lot more IDP relevance. Yep. So let's move now to DB and talk about a cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, Jordan Lewis, who racked up 26.1 points according to Big 3 scoring. Uh, not great on the BFF grades, 37.6 overall, 35.2 in coverage, but he did tackle well, 78.6. Two tackles, one pick, one fumble recovery, two PDs, and 76 total return yards. He had 49 total snaps, 75%. One box, 43 slot cornerbacks. So that's what we like. We like those slot snaps. Five outside cornerback. He had 42 coverage snaps. He was targeted 10 times, allowed five catches for 69 yards and a very nice touchdown. Now, in this game, I think what you saw was two offenses who were content to chuck it all around the yard. So Lewis consistently found himself getting burned by Chris Godwin from the slot. The only reason the numbers against him weren't bigger, Addy, there was some brown-on-brown violence going on the outside with Antonio stealing Anthony's soul on a double move and much, much more. you got to love that note from Aaron. Anthony Brown and Antonio Brown doing battle on the outside there in that Bucks and Cowboys game. But here's the reason we bring this up. Guess who the Cowboys have on the old schedule for Week 2? The Los Angeles Chargers. If you are targeting matchups... For streaming cornerbacks, A, read Johnny the Greek's weekly article over at idpguys.org. But Jordan Lewis might be worth looking at, especially when you see he's playing in the slot for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and I mean, they're going to be in shootouts all the time. They're gonna, I mean, that's one of the best offenses in the league. People are going to have to pass to keep up with them. So, I mean, all the cornerback, we've already, you know, Diggs was great. All of them were great. Um, and now I would expect, you know, a lot of weeks like that. Now, the grade the grades are terrible. The grades are terrible. Did not do well. 
I actually had Kevin King. I picked him up to potentially hedge against a Marcus or a Marshawn Lattimore injury. Started Kevin King. Kevin King was terrible for IDP and real life NFL. Had to jettison Kevin King off mm. into space because I don't think he's going to hold that job for very long. So that's why you have to be careful with this kind of stuff is these guys will get benched. Oh, yeah. These first, you know, three, four weeks are always so interesting for, like, you know, when you're trying to find the cornerbacks or defensive tackles. You're just kind of you're just crossing your fingers yeah. kind of hoping that stuff sticks and stays. But Hoping that one of the darts hits the, hits the bullseye. Yeah, it, it just takes some time for, you know, this stuff to reveal itself. Yeah, so let's move on to the New York Giants. One of the bright spots on this defense was Logan Ryan, 23.5 points. The DB there for the G-Men had a 90.4 overall grade and an 85.9 grade in coverage. 10 total tackles, one tackle for loss, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. 61 total snaps, 92%. You love to see that. Nine at edge, 13 in the box, thirteen or 34 at free safety, three in the slot, and two at outside cornerback. So, interestingly, you mentioned this earlier, Addy. Peppers only played 45% of the snaps, and McKinney played 95% of the snaps. So, it looks like from week one, if we're kind of taking this at face value, it's going to be Logan Ryan and Xavier McKinney. Now, Logan Ryan had two pressures, a sack, according to PFF. Now, he uh, according to PFF and Sleeper, he was not... Uh, credit it with that sack on RSO. So two pressures, one sack, one QB hit on five pass rush attempts. And he was the highest graded safety in week one per PFF with a 90.4. The next two guys, names that we are very familiar with, Derwin James and Buda Baker. So Ryan recently reworked his deal to take a large signing bonus, thus creating more cap space, but leaving a massive cap hit for this year and next that gives me a little bit of security even past 2021, Addy. The Giants also named him team captain, so it looks like out of the three safeties, Logan Ryan ain't going anywhere. No, I mean, he's actually good. He's been that way for a while, and in most leagues, he's probably uh, a cornerback. So he is. Massive off, cheat code. Maybe the best, uh, the biggest cheat code on the year. Truly, I mean, because... mean, getting 10 tackles, yeah. getting, the, you know, getting snaps in the box, in the slot, nine at edge. That's, yeah, it's that's unfair. It absolutely is. So, um, yeah, I think especially even if he's listed as a safety. Um, Still, yeah, who yeah. cares? He's a safety one. I'm rolling him out there. Yeah. And God, if he's, I mean, he could he could absolutely be CB1 if he's yeah. listed as a cornerback on your platform. And Xavier McKinney is getting the deep snaps. I mentioned that earlier, but he's he's getting the free safety snaps. Um, that can obviously change week to week, especially with the way that the Giants do things. I mean, those, you know, they have... They're so deep at that position. Um, that's why we see all these, you know, we see them being used in such unique ways. But, uh, yeah, Logan Ryan, if you got him, congrats. That's that's a great pickup. Yes. Sometimes it's obvious, Addy, as Norm likes to say. And then the moth said, because the light was on. Sometimes the light's just on. If you haven't heard the moth joke, just Google it. Uh, or look it up on YouTube. It's a Conan interview. Just a wonderful joke that Norm tells. Great the, payoff. The setup to that joke may actually be, my favorite before he even starts to tell it just the story of where the joke came from yeah. and his pitch to Conan as to why he should be the one to tell the joke. <laughs> just phenomenal. Just look it up. It's a great use of four minutes of your day, but last name on the list here, Addy, I'm going to let you take this one. This is one of your babies. So it'd be wrong for anyone else to talk through his week one performance. Tracy Walker put up 18.75 points last week. 
Um, 65.7 overall PFF grade, 62.5 coverage grade, uh, 61.4 tackle grade, pass rush grade of 67.3. He had seven tackles, one tackle for loss, and one sack. Played 98% of the snaps. Uh, love to see it. Thank see God that. Pencil Boy is out of the building. Yes, yes. And we mentioned this, you know, early in the offseason. But, um, I mean, a guy that just is, is, is going to come into this year completely refreshed and, and just motivated from, you know, being away from that clown show. Tracy Walker is one of those types. Um, out of those snaps, though, two of them were at edge, 14 in the box, 25 at free safety, 11 in the slot, and two at outside corner. Um, he had three pass rush snaps. Um, one pressure and one sack. Detroit's only sack of the game came from Tracy Walker. That's what Tracy Walker does, though. He's like, a playmaker. He's always been that type. He's always been really good about, you know, um, getting tackles for losses, maybe, you know, disrupting the quarterback some. So, um, look look at... Uh, yeah, look up George Kittle on Instagram and check out the Falcom punch that yeah. he put on Tracy Walker. That was a bit of a downgrade, right? Cause he did, uh, he stiffed armed Tracy Walker pretty bad. It looks, it looks pretty bad on the gram. It looks like Tracy Walker is falling straight into a coffin. That's just going to close right. up and the dirt's just going to come over him. So we're hoping that the coaching staff does not have Instagram because that's not a great look, but Dan I'm, Campbell does not strike me as an Instagram. No, no, I don't think so. Doesn't have any of it. He's, no way. He's on, um, what is he on? He's probably, he's on, He's definitely on LinkedIn. I bet he has a really yeah. well-established LinkedIn profile. It's on Farmers Only, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of something really just kind of like blue-collar, lunch-pail type of site, but there really isn't one. So we're going to go with Farmers Only for uh, Coach Campbell. But, yeah, not a good look for Tracy getting Falcon punched into uh, just an infinity here by George Kittle. But I love seeing this, especially stats aside, Addy, the usage. Mm-hmm. I just Sometimes talent can overcome, and that's less of a concern when a guy is getting opportunity. Talent plus opportunity, I love Tracy's bounce, bounce back potential this year. I'm not calling for a safety one finish, but man – Especially if you're starting two safeties, I feel really good about plugging him in as that safety too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if he if he keeps getting these snaps, if he if he plays ninety percent of the snaps this year, he's going to be a safety one. Yeah, I think that's a real possibility. Do they move him back to safety on RSO, or was he still he's listed? He's a cornerback on RSO. Now that is ridiculous. Yeah, that so. is ridiculous. We need to just. I mean, you can look right here. It looked like you played two snaps at outside corner and eleven in the slot. So 13 of his 54 snaps were at corner. Let's get this changed, RSO. Let's make things right here. I think John has him, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fine with it now. I traded. I had to trade him away because I needed some cap relief. and ah, I, I do miss Tracy. but uh, Tracy's one of your babies. Maybe yeah. you can go get him back. I got him elsewhere. No worries. Okay. You know, it's just we, we talk about the RSO league, and you only think about it, you know, as that being your main league, but. I'm you got in, him I'm, elsewhere. I'm in 20 you, plus leagues. You're in well, you're well diversified. We're fine. You got some Tracy shares. Yeah. So hopefully this was helpful for you all looking at some of these, you know, as you're looking at your waivers, these top scores, some of these guys can be deceptive, but some of them are absolutely worth adding. Another little quick bonus that I'm thinking of, uh, Nick Vigil had a huge week, but you got to remember Anthony Barr was out. So we don't really know what that's going to look like, but if Barr is not going to be playing, I mean, I'd expect kind of like an Eric Wilson type season from from Vigil. 
it just seems like that linebacker two slot in Minnesota just turns clowns into kings. Yep. I don't know what it is. Just a profitable defense for IDP, especially at linebacker. Eric Kendricks looked great. Yeah. I mean, it just. Well, we, we knew that was coming on. It's yeah. Just the discount Bobby Wagner, baby. His whole career, as we know. Well, hope you guys have enjoyed. We're really looking forward to bringing you all these recaps every single week now that the NFL season has once again, it just kind of snuck up on us this year a little bit, Addy. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not believe when I looked up on Sunday, I was like, oh my God, we get to watch football today. Yeah, I know. It's been, it, time went by much faster. Yes, it really did. I guess maybe it's we're getting older. Man, just just taking a Maserati straight to death. And, she, you know, shit's been scary out there. Everyone stay safe. Jesus. For real. I'm, it's been a lot of bad news lately. Stay safe. On top of the norm stuff tonight, but, I mean, you know, outside of that, it's been a... It's rough. The COVID shit is getting worse and scarier, and, I'm, you know, we've known people that are losing their lives around here, and it's... Uh, it's scary. Stay safe, folks. Yeah. Not to, you know, not to preach, but get vaccinated if you can. I mean, the, the numbers are out there. The research is out there. Be smart. Yep. You know, take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones. Yep. We uh, we love and appreciate y'all. We don't want bad stuff to happen yeah. to you or your family or your friends. So take care of yourself and take care of those around you. Yeah, we're supposed to live and play fancy football. That's what life's all about. That's right. It's, it's the football season's here, y'all. We want y'all to be healthy and safe in order to enjoy it. So, hope you enjoyed this episode. We want to give a shout-out to our patrons and our Listener League participants. The IDP Hunger Games, Addy, they are underway, and we are slowly making that march toward Week 18 to see who's going to play for this beautiful, like, 400-pound trophy off to my left here. You know, I got two shots at it, don't I? Yes, you do. Yes, Sir. you do. So, that's the benefit of being in multiple leagues. Went went uh, two and zero. Oh. Did you? Uh huh. RSO. Yeah, I went uh, one and zero oh in our main league. Top score week one. That this is how it goes, though, man. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good, and then like it's a you know seven know. and six season. That's yeah. just how it goes, folks. Yeah. Everyone's got a Josh. One last time. Okay, settle down, prostitutes. Settle down, prostitutes. Rip Norm. We love you, man. Love you, Norm. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week. Howdy peace, so, howdy peace, so, howdy peace, so.